Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining us today. I'm Triyal Setumadhan, the executive editor of IDEX Healthcare, and I welcome you all to the IDEX Healthcare digital series. Uh, to give you an introduction to what we do and uh, who we are, IDEX Healthcare, a division of IX Events, has been creating thought leadership platforms for the global healthcare and pharmaceutical communities. Over the last decade, our events such as hospital planning and infrastructure exhibition and summit, clinical trials congress, pharmaceutical outsourcing congress, aesthetic medicine magazine and events, CIPI, that is Cosmetic Ingredients and Packaging India, have brought together thousands of healthcare and pharmaceutical professionals from around the country and the globe to network, to share the latest in ideas and research and do business. For our webinar today, uh, Mr. Neil Mehta has joined us to discuss the need and how can you integrate robust healthcare technologies and systems at your workplaces. Welcome, uh, Mr. Mehta, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. So, um, in the current public health crisis, there is an immense need to not only upgrade existing healthcare infrastructure, but to also integrate telemedicine and personal and home healthcare technologies into the broader healthcare framework. This would certainly help organizations support the health and welfare of their employees. And uh, with workplaces reopening up, how can organizations ensure their staff is healthy? Mr. Mehta will tell us today. I'm delighted to introduce him with a few more words. Mr. Neil Mehta leads the technology platform deployments and futuristic health projects across the Adani Group, the second largest conglomerate in India. He is an award-winning healthcare futurist, co-chair of the MedTech Committee at the AZ Tech Council, and business mentor with the entrepreneurship cell of NIT Trishi. He is an empathy-driven medtech innovator, multifaceted and serial entrepreneur, and biomedical informaticist with over eight years of experience in digital health, leadership, and healthcare innovation. While I thank Mr. Mehta once again for joining us on this session today, uh, for all our attendees, I have a small instruction to add in over there before he takes over. You would see at the bottom of your screen, you would have two options, the Q&A box and the chat box. So um, if you have any questions for Mr. Mehta today for our speaker, please key them into the Q&A box and we will take them up at the end of the session. And uh, you could use the chat box to communicate with us with IDEX Healthcare for any feedback that you would have for us or any topics that you suggest we cover as part of IDEX Healthcare in our upcoming digital series. So the Q&A box is for questions to Mr. Mehta and uh, the chat box is for your feedback to us. And with that, uh, over to you, Mr. Mehta. Thank you, Shriyal. Thank you, IDEX Healthcare and the team and everyone who has joined us live this afternoon. Thank you for having us. And uh, so without further ado, I'll allow me to share my screen so that we can kick off this process. So am I audible and can you see my screen? Yes, we can. All right. So we are here gathered this afternoon so that we can learn more about how employers as well as employees can uh, you know, transform themselves uh, during this post-COVID-19 or post-COVID-19 era 
where the offices and the workplaces are getting back to normal. And then how we can integrate healthcare technology systems so that we can provide you know, support services, clinical services to our employees at scale. So real quick, let me see. Yep, there we go. Okay, so as Shriyal mentioned about my background, I'm with Adani Enterprises Limited. And along with that, I'm a health expert at clarity.fm. And I do speaking consulting as well as mentoring on my own as an independent consultant. And over the past eight years, I've been honored and grateful to have received several recognitions. So, you know, as we all are aware about COVID-19 and don't worry guys, I won't tell you each and everything that how the virus started from Wuhan, China. We'll fast forward to date and then we'll talk about the future that what are the practices which are changing? So first of all, you know, we all know that healthcare workers have been completely taken toll. That means they are tired, they are fatigued, you know, a lot of physicians as well as nurses are now testing COVID-19 positive as a part of hospital acquired infection. And so those practices seeing like one patient, one nurse, one doctor at a time is making it difficult to serve this pandemic crisis. And because of that, the trust factor is going away. You know, a lot of people, as well as employees in corporate environment, are not comfortable going to government hospitals to seek and receive the treatment for COVID-19 because they have fear that, you know, a proper treatment protocols will not be followed. So all of these things leads to one of the major objectives. The goal of today, this afternoon, is to create a robust, digitally savvy healthcare ecosystem. And the way we can do it, but before that we can start, I just wanted to share a real quick about what is digital health. We all talk about healthcare, healthcare technology, you know, medical technology, so on and so forth. So we keep changing these words as and when during our conversations, during our presentation. But each of that have, each of these words have definitive and different meaning and a different perspective when put uh, into picture. So one of the things about digital health is, you know, how you are able to do it using the integration of mobile health, as well as HIT, which is healthcare information technology, along with variables, sensors, and medical devices. So when you put all of these things together with a single objective to provide an effective clinical care to your patient population through this use of robust medical technologies, that is known as digital health. So as we move forward, you know, we all know that we live in a world where everything is evolving and changing at lightning speed and technology is not alone. You know, technology is changing healthcare, especially as well. And so where it is going, you know, we can see that it is being applied and, uh, you know, we can apply technology in different places, all the way from virtual and augmented reality you know, advanced monitoring, AI-based, machine learning-based wearables, and Internet of Things. So all these things which we have at our fingertip, but we don't know how, when, and why to use it. So moving forward, you know, one of the things which um, many of you are aware about is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We human beings kind of fit into this five equations, uh, which was discovered and proven by 
a scientist called Maslow. And what he says that one of the quick things about human beings is, first of all, we have to fulfill our very bottom layer, according to the triangle, is the basic necessities of our life, which is water, food, air, and safety. And so once we achieve this, you know, in COVID-19, we realize that how much this essential services as well as food, water, milk, medicines matter to us. And through that, we came to a realization that we were not able to, you know, do something which was creative, which was uh, self-actualization while we were struggling to make our ends meet. So wellness at workplace or providing a good clinical system at workplaces begins with the higher level of actualization, which is the top of the pyramid, where you built the self-esteem, the confidence, the achievement, the good morale for your employees. And the way as an employer you are able to do it or as an employee you are able to orchestrate will follow in the coming slides. As you can see that there are innumerable benefits of providing well-being programs at workplace, both quantitatively as well as qualitatively. So we will look at some of the examples which I have shared in this presentation in the slides this afternoon is number one, we improve employee health behaviors. You know, when they feel comfortable, where, where they feel that, okay, all the standard protocols have been followed, especially after this COVID-19 as and when like starting today, you know, all the offices must resume uh, with minimum 50% attendance, especially in the state of Gujarat and other states where now employees are going back to the workplaces as well as uh, to their academic or you know industry uh, industrial work settings and many of them are afraid whether if they will go there whether uh, you know whether or not they will be infected or they will contract covid-19 and so when employers will take a measures which are very acute in a way you know to check the arogyasetu app you know to check the temperature to make sure that everyone is having like is wearing mask wearing gloves wearing full size clothes you know so that like the infection is not contracted on the skin you know having eye uh, eyeglasses to protect your eyes or uh, wearing a face shield all those Minimal, like simple things matters a lot. And again, those are not technical aspects, but those are the things which will create that um, safety among the work, uh, workers as well as your employees and which will create an improved health behavior. Right. And on the top of it, you know, you can provide some of the mobile based technological uh, clinical systems uh, to aid into this process. The second aspect is reduce elevated health risk. You know, having lifestyle programs such as like obesity prevention management program, you know, uh, that is related to the weight. You can have something where you keep your employees together in the form of yoga, you know, diet planning, nutrition, and providing healthy meals at workplaces. Those things goes into reducing the overall risk for your employees as well as for your colleagues. And then because of all of this, overall it reduces the healthcare cost. You know, I'll, I'll talk about an example at how Adani we have uh, deployed all of this step-by-step step, uh, uh, down the road and how it is, uh, how we are able to reduce our healthcare costs and re, uh, reduce our premiums with the insurance companies as well as with the third-party uh, TPAs which we are working with. And of course, it improves the productivity. Um, our employees feel much more, uh, you know, motivated. Uh, they are they uh, they reach to a 
pyramid, which I talked about, Maslow's hierarchies of need towards the top level, which is called the self-actualization. So they are able to work more productively and, um, you know, it results into an increased and efficient output in, in terms of their projects. And then also it can help in with respect to employer recruitment. You know, now nowadays employers are always seeking where they want to get the next job. You know, whether the employer has like the gym, you know, uh, they have the place to go for an afternoon walk after the heavy meal, or whether they have the flexible working hours, which is the need of the time, as well as so many other things that taken in, into consideration, along with, of course, what, oh, what they are going to, uh, you know, make at that workplace. So all these things, the ancillary things, the supplementary things matters a lot for a well-informed uh, employee who, who seeks good benefits for his or her own health. And then down the road, it also decreases absenteeism. You know, most of the employers provide seven to 10 days of sick leaves, you know, throughout the year. But you know, focusing on the employee's health, providing them with good meals, no diet so soda and no diet coke and all that. Um, things which reduce the immunity, rather boosting immunity, such as giving immunity boosters, you know, through natural and through uh, clinical uh, efficient methods, uh, increases the presentism. You know, employees don't want to just take sick leaves if they feel that, okay, they have been well taken care at their workplaces. And last but not the least, which is, the real crux of this presentation is to build and help sustain high employee morale. You know, after COVID-19, employees are afraid, they have fear, there's a lot of stigma associated with it. And the only way we can overcome is by following some of the standard practices to improve the health and well-being of our employees at workplaces. So as an employer, you know, if you are in the HR or if you are in the uh, position where you can be participate in uh, you know providing or bringing about a positive change in your organization or at your workplaces or at an industry is these are the top three things which you should keep in mind is one of the things is meet employees where they are days are gone when you can tell your employee hey you know you are having cough and cold hey go down like five kilometers away and you know we have a hospital type or a clinic type there and you will see a doctor there Employee is not going to spend half a day, uh, take half a day off from work and uh, do that. Rather, they will just take one or two other medications which they have been taking care of and will think that, okay, this will go away. You know, the flu will go away, the cough will go away, the fever will go away. So rather than doing that, why, you know, why not implement telemedicine? Why not have a specialist or, you know, a primary care doctor or a physician who has an experience in industrial health at your workplace? at the location, you know, at the site. And by, by having that, you know, an employee can just walk down the road or walk across the building and seek proper guided clinical treatment. The second thing is as an HR or a medical professional, you have to make sure that uh, they're following the right care pathway you know, with multiple views coming from all different directions, you know, right all the way from Google to your, uh, to employer's doctor, to the corporate doctor, to a specialist, to, you know, some of the online telemedicine software solutions where they can consult with other doctors. You know, an employee can get mixed guidance with respect to how they have to take care of this condition or the sickness which they might be facing through. So, 
you know, as an employer or, you know, as a healthcare provider, you have to make sure that it's the right care pathway. It's, it's best suited for that particular employee. And you can achieve all of this through efficient, consistent and easy processes, which we'll also share as we go forward. So now, uh, this is one of the things you might be wondering, okay, this guy is just talking about uh, well-being and workplaces, how I can deploy, you know, what can I do at my workplace if I have that ownership or if I can share my viewpoint uh, to my employer, to my boss or to my group or, or with my colleagues as well. So on the left, you can see all the digital health technologies uh, which are being deployed, which are being available in the current marketplace. And on the right, you can see some of the things which this digital health platforms are able to resolve it. So for example, if we take telemedicine, which is on the left, you, you know, and it across the right you will be able to see that uh, it is able to do the diagnosis it also is able to do the treatment you know uh, we are able to um, monitor those patients at home you know it also helps with like protecting the healthcare workers on site at remote locations so on and so forth and then you can start deploying more and more tools and technologies based on the uh, based on the demand or based on the need at your workplaces you know you first have to create something which we all are aware about is uh, scope document. You know, what is my requirement? Uh, let's say if I have 100 employees, how, what are the things which I should have? Uh, if I have like 1,000 employees, how can I, what else should I add on the top of it? If there are like 10,000 employees uh, at your group, then what else you can uh, do that? You know, if there are segregated, that means they are within different cities, you know, within different states, you know, or some uh, in India, some abroad, you know, what are the platforms through which you are able to provide a comprehensive, consistent, systematic care? So that becomes very essential. And then the list just goes on with AI, electronic medical records, cybersecurity, chatbots, and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, over the past like one year of the research of like just understanding what are the employee wellness provider companies across the world, uh, which have taken the initiative to support groups like Adani, groups like other uh, conglomerates in India and we are able to deploy or implement the solutions. So I've had like some chance to review, research, uh, you know, do a uh, deep dive into the wellness aspect and these are some of the top 10 companies which I came across. So you can take a note of it. Uh, trust me, I'm not affiliated with any of them. This is not a sales pitch, but this is something which you can like start Googling and start learning more about what are the uh, features, what are the modules that they are offering so that you can start learning, you can start seeing, okay, that these are the things which you should provide uh, at the workplaces uh, in this like post COVID-19 era. And then these are some of the leading digital health companies in India. Again, you know, I'm not affiliated with any of these companies. These are just some of the companies which have uh, understood over the research for the past one year at Tadani and then having conversations, collaborations, uh, learning more about the proposals, the platforms, the technologies and so on and so forth. So you can see it's like not one size fits all, you know, not just like one company will work for your group, not just like, you know, two companies will work for the group, not just like one solution will meet all the requirements of your employees. So you really need to put everything together to understand, okay, what is the best way to pass it forward. And then, but the challenge is, you know, our core problem is not the lack of innovation. You know, we have so many tools, platforms, technologies, across like digital, like the moment you pick up the smartphone, you have more than 97,000 apps, which are one way or the other way related to wellness, related to activities, related to like walking, tracking your heartbeats, tracking diabetes, like the glucose level for diabetes, you know, taking your blood pressure for hypertension, so on and so forth. 
So that's not the problem. You know, we are all pioneers who have gathered in this room this afternoon because we believe in innovation. We eat, sleep, uh, breathe breakthroughs in innovations, right? But at the same time, the challenge is the human inertia. We really don't want to change or our group, our workplaces don't want to evolve. We are set in our own ways, you know, for example, uh, if we are doing this for the past 10 years, we just want to keep doing that same thing over the next 10, uh, five, 10, five, 15 years, you know, uh, unless, you know, it's, it's a dire need or an emergency situation. Like, for example, so many of the, uh, you know, groups and the companies always had the culture of like walking into the office, working from nine to eight to five or 10 to seven, whatever your time is and then going home, right? It's like the physical presence at the, at the work will count that you are working. But with the onset of COVID-19, a lot of businesses have to change their processes to make sure that they have business continuity process, right? The BCP, you, have, you would have heard about this word over and over again. And those companies took a transformative step of like providing laptops, desktop at homes to all these employees. You know, most of the employees like moved back to the hometowns from where they came to work at that particular cities. And now the companies are able to do, do it. You know, for example, Google said that, okay, our employees will work from home or wherever uh, for the entire 2020. So for the next seven months, they'll be working on, along with the top in the last two months that they already have been working. Right. So the companies are able to take those steps when this urgency, when this, uh, you know, change is required. So I call, I, I say that COVID-19 is the best digital transformation officer one could ever have. You know, it's, it's a joke, but, you know, uh, because of COVID-19, everything is moving digital and people are seeking and finding the ways to make it possible. So then my question. Think about this for a second. We are able to do it for workplaces. We are able to do it for banking. We are able to do it for the digital retail and with, you know, the food deliveries and so on and so forth. Then why not for healthcare? You know, healthcare is one of the basic necessity which all us as human beings need at any given point in our lifetime. So, but as I mentioned, you know, with the onset of COVID-19, you know, necessity is becoming the mother of inventions. We are able to now leverage some of the things uh, at our workplaces, at hospitals and other places. And so the need for the digital health portable technologies uh, is key. So if you are into this or if you want to study more about that is something, an area of interest which you can pursue. So last but not the least, employers must do this four different things that is like move beyond the traditional model of providing basic dispensary only, right? Days are gone when you can just like set up like one room at your workplaces and say, hey, you know, I'll have a doctor who will come from nine to 11, like two hours a day and then that's it, a doctor and then an employee will go. Uh, uh, uh. You know, an employee wants to care at any given time, you know, sometimes, you know, they are working throughout the day and they are only available to seek medical or clinical interventions in the night time. So you have to meet where the employees are. Second, incorporate experiential learning. What I mean by that is days are gone when you can just do one-on-one -on -one learning, right? An HR manager or you know, a boss sits down with his or her employee and teaches them all the things that they have learned over the past like 10 years, 15 years, and that doesn't work. Now you have to create the learning modules in a way that that can be delivered at scale to multiple employees, to multiple businesses, all at once uh, through digital platforms. And then, you know, ensure that all the products and services enable coordinated employee-centered care. 
that means putting employees at the center you know with all this like covid 19 there have been a lot of like layoffs and furloughs and everything but you know as an employer if you are uh, um, you know if you have like best practices if you are putting your employees health and safety first and making sure that you take care of them i'm pretty confident that you know they will take care of you it will come back and so uh, you know with these demanding times and the challenging situations uh, make sure that you take care of your employees and your colleagues as well if you are an employee and create a good ecosystem around you which will result into a holistic wellness ecosystem at workplaces and all of us will thrive and grow together so uh, before we conclude i just wanted to end this with an example at how adani we did it so we built an employee doctor relationship where we are empowering our employees like more than 15000 employees uh, across 22 different businesses uh, um, across pan india to be able to connect with a doctor at their fingertip 247365 for any queries all the way from physical queries uh, physical health related questions to mental health related questions so on and so forth the second thing is we are able to now put um, the employees health insurance coverage on the dashboard so we are creating a personalized dashboards for all of our employees so that they know okay uh, what are the things that they can avail as a part of like the employee benefit in terms of hospitalization medical visits the medicines so on and so forth the third thing is about lifestyle intervention you know shred fit go fit shred fat go fit was one of our campaign which we did to reduce obesity among our employees you know um, what we found out that you know managers and above usually have a uh, you know high paced fast paced uh, high 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 pressure fast paced lifestyle and so because of that you know they are prone to um, you know gain weight and um, increase obesity and so for them we create a personalized concierge wellness program and offering uh, which included all the all the spectrums of the healthcare right from diet which is the nutrition consulting to yoga to physical therapy to clinical interventions as well as the daily monitoring so that is the more like a comprehensive care which you can provide to your employees while making sure that the work uh, the work their projects their family life is not getting affected so you have to walk that like really fine balance to be able to do it you cannot say your employee hey you know come to uh, work like 3 hours before your day actually begins and then for the 3 hours we'll teach you x y and z none of the employees are going to do that because anyways they are spending 9 to 11 hours at work you know they want some time with the family or with the friends or with the brothers and sisters with the significant other so how you are able to do it and you cannot tell your employee hey you know in the afternoon when you are working come for 2 hours in the meditation room or in the yoga room and we'll teach you this and that right their boss will be mad at them if they don't complete the projects on time so again you know you have to uh, it should not be like completely on the left side and it should not be completely on the right side so finding that right balance a good ecological system and a good ecosystem helps and then we do remote site monitoring especially we have some of the employees where, where they are working where there is no network no internet connectivity so rather than going the traditional digital platform route you know in terms of providing a telemedicine solution what we did is we created a text based uh, you know clinical intervention where with like 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 and 9 we give nine different options and the employee is able to communicate with our physician or with our nurses on site or off site you know with covid 19 and they are able to share what they are facing through and have a informed uh, decision what they can avail and take 
at that any given point in time. And finally, a knowledge base where uh, our employees are able to go and learn more about, you know, what is congestive heart failure, what is diabetes, what is blood pressure, uh, you know, what is like a need transplant. So creating a well-informed uh, awareness group and empowering our employees again to take ownership of their health goes a long way. Now employees feel confident that, okay, if something happens to them, you know, their employer, the team members are there to take care of them. And so we were not able to achieve that through in-house. You know, we started that, okay, we'll build an in-house tool, which will cater all of our requirements uh, for our employees in India level. And we figured out, okay, it cannot be. So then we started scoping out all different vendors which are out there in the marketplace. And we, we realized that not one vendor meets all of our requirements. So what we did is we partnered with like two vendors. We built our own, we had our own IT team who also came in, our own healthcare team, our HR team. Everyone came together. That I call collective collaboration, you know. Everyone came together with one single emphasis, one single focus, which is putting employees at the center, taking good care of their health, uh, using all the best and the latest technological systems which we have as of today and making sure that it can scale and be global one day. So that's called collective collaboration. So, you know, you may not find like solution to all of your problems with like one given platform or one given vendor. So think creative, think outside the box and see how you can, you are able to achieve your requirements. And so this afternoon, I, I want all of you uh, that you leave this with a challenge today that are we just going to engage in the difficult task of the health change internally as well as externally so that innovative digital health technologies can be implemented to improve our people's life, to improve employees' life so that we can become future ready at workplaces. That means are we going to take that difficult task of culture change? health change, you know, maybe behavior change, to be able to do something which is, uh, you know, transformational, which is breakthrough, so that we can be future ready and we can be known as one of the best places to work at. And so uh, this is like something sci-fi, futuristic, and I love that, uh, you know, one day we'll have a world where we'll be able to not only survive, but thrive and fly. And so that's it. The future of healthcare is not just about the technology, but it's about the experiences which this technology enables. You know, with all this technology, we make sure that the human touch, the human emotions, the connections are not going away. Even with the text messaging, the employee is able to, you know, get that empathy, get that sympathy from our physicians. You know, with this digital medicine, we have that live uh, personalized um, chat with our uh, other medical professionals, workers on the side. So, you know, we thought about the chat bots and, you know, AI based, which automated answers and everything. But we realized, you know, we'll, we'll lose that human touch. So why not just have like our medical staff members to respond to the queries of our employees real time, you know, from wherever they are. So that really brings that unity, that, that strengthens the ecosystem and feels that, okay, that human touch is still there, despite all these amazing platforms which we are able to use today. So thank you very much. And uh, I hope that uh, I answer, uh, this is what you were looking for and I'm happy to take questions. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mehta. That was a very comprehensive uh, presentation. Uh, can we uh, stop the share screen? Sure, yes.
Well, so with that, I uh, keep it open to all our attendees. Please key in your questions into the Q&A box. I already see some questions coming in. And uh, before I take that, I too have some questions. So sure. I'll go with that first. And I give our participants also some time to key in some more questions. So a great presentation. I think this is definitely the need of the art for companies to consciously ponder upon uh, when it comes to taking healthcare, integrating it within, you know, what we plan in within our organization with our aim and our vision for our organization and our employees. And of course, all of this has a direct impact impact on the productivity levels right so it's like the employee and the organizations grow together that's how we look at it so uh, from the presentation one thing that came to my mind mr mehta uh, what are the additional uh, you know investments that companies would have to incur to adopt these healthcare technologies at their workplace if you could you know just talk about that sure uh, that's that's a great question you know uh, all of this uh, putting this robust digital health systems at workplaces uh, is not, uh, I would say, is not cheap, right? Uh, you know, it's not like just spend like 10 grand and it will get done. Uh, it will, uh, really requires like a five-year, seven-year long-term vision, right? Where you are not just selling what you will get in the in the form of return on investment today or tomorrow, unlike stock market. You know, it's like a, you are investing this money for your employees. So you have to really seek uh, your... Uh, decision making that okay whatever I'm investing today let's say 1x will result into 5x not maybe monetarily or financially but in terms of overall collective outcome so what we did is we put together our proposals we sought after all the you know cost analysis from both our HR team the you know the IT team as well as the vendors which we started working with and then we saw okay that this is the X amount to do 100%, let's say, in ideal case scenario, right? So then we like started like breaking down. So we want this, right? But we don't have this much budget to do it. Fortunately, we were able to do it before COVID-19. So that's another section, but I'll just share how we, were, how we did it and maybe that gives some inspiration and some perspective to people who are uh, watching this live this afternoon. So we did that and then we went to our employees, right? Rather than like me being like, futuristic and everything that's good but unless we meet the demands of the actual end user this all things will be just you know will deploy will implement but if no one use it it's just complete waste of time resources and capital so what we did is we created like uh, customized surveys we send it out to our employees we asked them hey you know if we build something like this we didn't tell that this is coming as a part of the project or as a part of the budget but we said, if this is something like coming, uh, if we implement, will you use it? That was like the first question. And from there, we started asking the questions. Hey, you know, what are the, out of this like seven things, what are the top three things you would like? And we started collecting those responses and we saw that out of like 100x, I mean 100% which we wanted to do it, which would cost like the total X amount, we realized employees only want 40% of that to begin with. So why to spend and why to work on all of that? Let's just do this. Let's implement that for the next six months. We'll roll it out, you know, in the soft launch with like one office, one site location. Monitor that for about a week, then launch it to other site, other location. Customize a little bit if, you know, if it is an industry versus a corporate office versus, you know, an offshore agency, so on and so forth. And we started doing that. So over the past like one year, we, we have just rolled out 40% of the capabilities of what we have. 
still 60% is way to go for us, right? And by doing this, now I can go to my senior management, you know, my promoters and everyone and say, hey, you know, thank you for uh, approving all of that fund and the capital for us to deploy this, but I only use 0.4x of that. And I'll show you the return on investment over the next 18 months. And then we'll go, we'll add 20%, then we'll add 20%, so on and so forth. So kicking off, starting out is the key rather than thinking, okay, if I want to deploy this, this is like X amount and I don't have the bandwidth nor the capital to do it. So that is one of the ways you are able to do it. In fact, I also had a question in mind that what if someone has to start from ground zero? How do they get started? So I think you've already answered, you know, that in this, that how did you go around with, you know, getting the entire thing started? How do you budget? But I'm sure also when we talk about, you know, putting in investments, when we invest into something, we also look at the ROI. So the whole, uh, you know, savings that is going to result into or the recurring costs that these can result into in the long term. So if you can also add a little in that, that if we invest, what are the savings or recurring costs that these could result into in the long term? Sure. So I'll say, you know, for most of our employees, they had like the gym membership, right? That they will go to like other places and like work out. So now instead of like working out over there, they are able to work out at our at our office gyms, right? So that's the that's the savings for them our employees. So that that is like real savings. They love it. You know, they can. Uh, of course, we have the cap that they have to use the gym either work, before working hours or after working hours, not during working hours, just to have that fine balance. Uh, that's, that's like on the employee savings, like simple. And the other type of savings for the corporate or for the employer is like, you know, direct uh, savings is with respect to our health insurance provider, right? So we have the group employees for 10,000 employees, 10,000 plus employees across Pan India. And we work with like uh, different health insurance providers. So we receive different pricing and quotations. So over the last like 12 months, you know, we had like this X amount and now that has gone to like 0.85X. Right. So you can see that now that 0.15x is already the saving because our health insurance provider saw that uh, the employer itself is doing so many activities that the chances of those employees getting sick and getting hospitalized will decrease. Right. So then I can also work on my premium. Still, I will make a profit at the end of 12 months working out, working with Adani. The second thing is we do proactive tracking of our employees. You know, back then before all of the systems and processes, you know, an employee or the family member will get hospitalized, right? And after one day or two days after, you know, doing the surgery and everything, we'll get a call from the employee. Hey, you know, like oh, I had this, I couldn't come to the office. I'm just notifying you that this happened. And then because of that, what will happen is if something could be avoided, not just like in, in terms of the financial wise, but in terms of the surgery or the treatment wise, was already done, right? So, you know, we had we then have to like pay that, you know, our insurance company have to pay to the hospital for the reimbursement and for the treatment and for the medical charges. So now what happens is the moment an employee is about to hospitalize, we get that notification. We are, we are working towards building that robust systems that employee is able to notify through their fingertip. So what happens is an employee will consult with a super specialist or our specialist on site. And together, you know, uh, you know, they become the referring, recommending, you know, triage physician. Of course, we'll send that hospital still to the hospital, but in a proper manner where then we'll figure out, okay, what is essential? What is emergency right now to be done? What can be evolved and changed with the lifestyle intervention, like after the surgery or after the treatment? And what can be avoided, right? So by breaking this and like putting all the things together rather than just focusing on the cure, you know, focusing on the entire perspective, the entire, uh, you know, the 
employees' health, you know, now we are able to save cost and also increase and improve employees' health. So that is another uh, cost savings which we have. And then the third thing is, by, by doing all of this, right, by, by having dietitians on site, if an employee wants to reduce weight or employee is having like fever or something like that, they get all the medications and everything directly at our offices. So days are gone when, you know, the HR, like, you know, will get a call from the HR or the boss of that employee, hey, you know, this guy is sick, he or she will not come for the half day and then they will come in the afternoon or, you know, they were in the office, but they were feeling sleepy or like uh, having fever, so they left. Right. So we do that tier one intervention on site. So what happens is an employee after like 30 minutes, 40 minutes starts feeling okay, starts feeling well, you know, and they go back working. Right. We, we never say that, hey, you know, if you want to take the day off, completely fine. You know, that's completely fine. But now employees are saying, okay, why to take a day off uh, when I'm just feeling better? with that one, tier one clinical intervention. And of course, feeling that mental safety, you know, that if something happens, this group, the healthcare team is there internally to take care of them, right? So that is another form of saving. So those kind of savings are coming together. Of course, we are calculating both quantitatively because at the end of the day, I do have to report to like our finance team and, you know, to show the expenses, to show kind of the, you know, hidden, like I wouldn't say uh, saving hidden costs, but the cost which we are able to save. And the project is more about cost savings and employee efficiency rather than what ROI will I be able to generate? Because at the end of the day, this is a service. We are providing this at no cost to our employees as a part of their employee benefit. But, you know, after three years, I can say, hey, you know, we spent that 4X, 0.4X, remember? Right. So now in terms of the cost savings, I have like 0.6x. So we saved that 0.2x. So give me that money and I'll deploy more tools. I'll deploy more platforms. So that's right. the goal. Right, right. And who monitors all this data? So what if a firm does not have a health case set? So who actually uh, you know, would monitor all this data that comes in? Sure. So uh, at Adani, uh, we are the healthcare team uh, monitoring all this data. Right. But uh, for the for the companies where, you know, they may not have like the healthcare team or they're putting the healthcare team in place, you know, they can have one of their HR person uh, to monitor this data, you know, who, who may have like the medical experience or who may want to learn more about uh, the medical aspect. Every group or every company has one liaison who will be working with their insurance insurance network, insurance provider, right? So that person knows a lot more about, okay, you know, what are the hospital hospital charges? What is co-pay, you know, whether it's cashless facilities, so on and so forth. So he or she might be able to coordinate this data. And then last but not the least, you can always hire like a medical coordinator or a medical assistant, someone who has like some clinical background, not necessarily like you don't have to be a doctor to monitor, analyze this data, right? And so you can recruit that person who can um, uh, intervene and make sure that this is provided in the coordinated fashion. And uh, this is my last question before I go to the Q&As that are coming sure. to my attendees. But from a challenge perspective, could data security be, you know, one challenge? And uh, from your experience and examples that you've, you know, given us in your presentation, how does one safeguard data? Sure, that's a great question. You know, um, all these technologies is like good and great, but if it doesn't have like, for example, very simple 256-bit encryption 
or it's not HIPAA compliant according to the US standards. So, you know, it is not like um, secured remotely on cloud and having the backup copy on the local server in case of some disaster, then, you know, uh, it can become very challenging, very risky, you know, uh, people's job are, are, are sometimes on the line for that, you know, especially the information tech team, because one of their goals uh, is to make sure that we are able to deploy a tool or, a, you know, collect the employee's data in a way that uh, it doesn't get linked into the dark web or someone doesn't get a hold of it, right? Because then it will be a big, uh, you know, rather than focusing on the creative aspect, boosting the employee morale, like now the employees will be even more afraid of like sharing their, you know, personal confidential medical history or, you know, sh uh, you know talking about their hospitalization visit or if they had any particular case in the past, right? Or if they have like, you know, um, some serious uh, critically ill uh, terminal uh, illnesses like cancer or late stage, you know, tuberculosis, so on and so forth. So we make sure that we protect the employee's data uh, to the best extent possible. We have all the, we follow all the standard norms according to the cybersecurity. And, you know, when we evaluated those vendors, you know, we, we didn't select one or the other, you know, despite having like, nice dashboard and cool and sexy look because we wanted to make sure that this we are not compromising on the security so when i talk about that you have to create your own requirements even before you scope out and invest your time resources and capital you have to find out okay what is more essential for you and to look good or to be safe right and we always choose to be safe first and then focus on the ui ux which is like the user interface user design like as we move along Absolutely. And with that, I go straight to the Q&A box. Okay. Uh, let us just go through the comments that have come in. So, uh, Mr. Mishra says, very good presentation. Uh, Mr. Deepak Sharma says, most important factor. What is the most important factor for, the, for telemedicine success? And what is the right process to start, to get started? Sure. Uh, so, you know, if someone would have talked about telemedicine before COVID-19, you know, most of us would be like, hey, what is telemedicine, right? But now it has completely uh, changed. You know, now everyone knows what is telemedicine. So in terms of like the most important factor for the telemedicine success is deployment and usage, right? As I mentioned that there are over 97,000 apps on the app store related to health and fitness, walking, you know, tracking your vitals, tracking your heart rate, so on and so forth, tracking your sleep even, you know, but less than 25% physicians even use those applications, right? So when you even like take it to the next level as to like common consumers or even your employees who are already like bogged down with like the nine to five like projects, proposals, deadlines, submissions, conference meetings, so on and so forth. They, it's the last thing that they want to do something more on the top of it, right? So always like taking your end users perspective and feedback as to like what and how that they would love to use something if you're going to spend again the time resources and capital and make sure that you are able to meet that right it's about like sometimes we want to you know uh, make an apple but we end up we end up making an orange and it doesn't work and then you know that there's always like the constant battle hey you know we did all of that but our employees didn't use it and then our employees will be like they did something but we didn't like it so why to do it go uh, do it that way it's not like you are like trying to sell it to your customers this is not like customer and business this is like you are doing something for your own employees you are like one team one solution one roof so that like the commonality 
you know culture must be created first before like even thinking about deploying any telemedicine solution and then the second thing what is the right process to start is uh, you know first you have to identify uh, you know what type of capital you are looking to deploy the second thing about is that you know is that the right fit for you right sometimes uh, it is better to outsource telemedicine to one company who will take care of your employees right make sure that they have secured cyber security protocols in place and then you you pay a monthly fee and then one person from your group or one person from your company monitor supervise make sure that he is like the he is managing everything or she is managing everything right that might be even more cost effective uh, and also like time time sensitive that means you can deploy even at a at a faster pace considering that you only have like 100 200 300 400 employees right so you have to see that whether that would be a good fit to do it for adani we cannot just outsource like 10000 plus employees data to a third party vendor okay mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we keep our employees data confidential private secure so for us to outsource anything uh, is not possible so that is like the demarcation which you have to make the other thing you have to see okay whether telemedicine is the right fit for you you know if you're working uh, if your group is working for you know i i don't want to like classify but at, at the same time from just the business viewpoint if you're working if your employees are like 80% of your employees are 55 plus 60 plus you know chances are that they may not use telemedicine solution they would rather still like want to go to a doctor you know spend 20 minutes in the waiting room because they are trained it's the culture you know they they want the clinical care to be availed in that face to face setting and spend half a day of their their life right to avail like want to get one pill for like one common symptom which they had okay so you have to realize that at adani you know our median age of employees now is 34 that means most of our employees are like now like young young generation you know of course supervised by the experienced uh, people but they are tech savvy you know we we are seeing a constant trend that they have been using lot of technological solutions so for us telemedicine was a good fit because we knew that they will start using it start implementing it and will start seeing the outcome right and then the third thing the last thing is that what about the connectivity right if your business and uh, you know because of covid 19 i have to state that if your business have to let go of five employees so that you can build telemedicine solution and show how good you are wait a minute you should rather think that would that be a good strategy to do it or you should wait get back into the business provide the care provide the healthcare the way you are doing it right now generate some profit you know increase your bottom line and then use that extra buffer cash to do the telemedicine so those are some of the processes which you have to keep in mind uh ambikanandan misra says a uh, future for pharma industries and education and role of ri in future so future of pharma industries is uh, is very important you know pharma is constantly you know is pushing their drugs their treatment solutions to more digital you know every single day is like they are uh, now there is a new concept called digital therapeutics that means along with a doctor prescribing a medication the physical pill or an injection now the doctor is also prescribing an app which a patient has to download and use it for the next 60 to 90 days as a part of the treatment solution or as a part of their you know 
clinical protocols. So pharma is constantly pushing that how the actual drug can link with the digital solution so that there is increased efficacy. That means a drug will result into a better outcome for the patient. You know, a patient will get back, uh, get better soon and there'll be less side effects. It will increase in the medication adherence. That means a patient will take that pill or that tablet or that capsule every single day at a given time by that doctor and then notify that through the app so that a doctor is tracking on a continual basis rather than a patient coming after two months and saying to a doctor, hey, you know, I took my, the pill for like 10 days and then after that I forgot or, you know, I like I misplaced my medications. So those kind of things the pharmaceutical companies are doing on the top of, of course, doing that R&D, working on the vaccine trials and so on and so forth. And in terms of the education, um, I, I believe that you're talking maybe about the patient education or the medical education. Yes, so for both, it is very critical. You know, nowadays, you know, if you are talking, uh, as I shared in my slides, experiential education is the need of the time. That means that days are gone when you, when you will like just tell like someone, hey, you know, read this book and it will have a solution for that. Uh-uh. Mm. Show me how, show me where, and show me quickly, directly, like within the next 20 seconds, how it will impact me. What's, what's the outcome? What's the benefit for me? So that type of education has to be created, you know, a simulated environment where the doctor can perform the surgery before actually performing a surgery on the real patient, you know, uh, a 3D printed uh, skull or the brain where a doctor can learn rather than just uh, reading in the books. So that type of education uh, will improve the outcomes for the patient and will improve the clinical rating for the doctors. And then your next question in terms of the role of RI in future. So Ambi, Ambika Nandan, if you can share what is RI, then I can, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. talk further on that. Uh, sorry, I don't know what RI means. Yes. So uh, till then we go to our next question, which is sure. from Deepak Sharma, that uh, what impact would be on healthcare post-COVID? So what would the impact of, how would the whole post-COVID scenario impact the healthcare sector? I, I, I say it like, um, COVID has already impacted healthcare, not in a good way, but in, in literally like the worst possible way, you know, now the doctors, nurses uh, are, you know, uh, coming out to be like the COVID-19 positive. There is less talented medical professionals who want to, you know, go and treat, uh, you know, our, our friends, our family members who are going through this life crisis, you know, the, this pandemic. So healthcare is taking a toll. And that's one on the resources on the men, men or the women's side. The second one in terms of the capacity, you know, we are running out of the capacity in terms of the beds, in terms of the ventilators and so on and so forth. So that's the another challenge which we are facing as of today. The third challenge is about the finding the true information, you know, which is not biased, which is factual, clinically validated information is very difficult. You know, you will hear one thing by one news channel, another thing by another news channel, and you think that healthcare is not good. And, you know, it may be the case, but, you know, you don't know what is going on, what is the ground reality. So for us, you know, the people who are outside the hospital today, the only goal for us is to stay healthy, improve our immunity and have a great mindset to 
avoid all the noise avoid all the uh, you know media news and everything so that we if we stay healthy then it will be a great benefit for the healthcare work, workers who are already struggling to meet their ends you know to uh, to make sure that they are able to take good care of the patients who are already in the hospital so that's one and then the second one is how to create support structure you know by uh, by making sure for example just giving up uh, you know our professional example at adani by making sure that our 10000 employees will not utilize any of the beds in the medical uh, you know um, you know hospital uh, unless it is an emergency that's a great asset for us right now uh, we are making sure that we are supporting the healthcare system of the country uh, so that our employees like without an informed knowledge without an actual need they are not just like going and like you know doing that afternoon walk hey you know I, i thought that i was ill and i had like two coughs and i had like a slight fever let me go and visit the doctor no for that you have telemedicine for that you have one on one consult with the physicians on site so that way you know you as an employer it is also uh, an important task for us to make sure that we keep we support our healthcare infrastructure not maybe with financially or with any other things but keeping our employees keeping our family outside that ecosystem right uh, we have a question from ashok puri uh, Uh, i think okay. this has already been answered but just in case you want to add something else that companies will have to take care of healthcare data uh, security which i think we've already covered will that not be another liability sure uh, i would say one thing you know this is a this is like a statement from spiderman movie uh, and it say it states with great power comes great responsibility so you know one thing i would i would share with you that when you start a company or when you when you're working as a manager in a company aren't you taking a liability of your employees of your colleagues you know of the company if you are the founder or if you are the promoter so along with that you are taking one more liability you know uh, running away from a liability will not be a good uh, morale and considering where we are today rather putting the best measures which are available today to make sure that you decrease your liability from like high risk to the very low risk will be essential and that is how you can avoid that and rather think positively rather think that okay uh, you know i know that you know because when i proposed this project at adani i was taking a lot of liability and hey you know i'm like just like the fresh kid who just started at adani after like working for other ventures and everything so why would someone believe in me so i said that you know um, allow me give me a shot and this is how i'll reduce the liability this is how i'll increase the productivity this is how i'll reduce the cost this is how i will improve uh, the employees health right both qualitatively and quantitatively and so after having a careful informed decision they thought okay um, you know he he is like looking from the holistic viewpoint and making sure that it will be the best possible so and that is like the long term liability and on the short term i would say in terms of the liability have a daily monitoring you know have someone who monitors the data daily have someone who cross check that um, what we do like on the phone purpose is that we have one of our it person who can go and like crack other code right so i i challenge him hey you know go and like uh, try to steal the data from our cloud and he is not able to do it so Uh, i think that if my employee if my own colleague who is so uh, who has that expertise 
is not able to crack the code in terms of like stealing the uh, employee's health information. That means we are making sure that we are putting all the protocols and all the standard processes in place uh, to make sure. And last but not the least, if something like this happened, the only thing you can do is you can tell your employees, hey, we are sorry, we did this with the best intent to provide you with an effective health outcome, not only for you, but your families and to keep you out of the hospital systems so that you can have a meaningful, happy and healthier life. Uh, we made a mistake and we'll do our best to overcome this. Perfect. So what I'm going to do is we'll quickly take maybe just a last question because we need to bring this session to a closure as well. Sure. So I'm just going through the chat box because I see some comments have come in there as well. Um, Okay, the telemedicine one we've already covered. Okay. I'm a dentist with 10 years of clinical experience now. I want to know, is there any opportunities to work in digital healthcare systems? This is from Lalita Donapati. Sure. Uh, thank you for asking that question. That is a wonderful question. You know, people like you have that like 10 plus years of experience in a particular domain. For example, your domain is like dental industry. There is definitely a lot of scope. Uh, to either work in digital health or to implement digital health at your practice, right? Where you see people uh, with dental related uh, challenges, right? Or conditions. So number one is you can have an online scheduling, very simple, I know, but it can uh, create a lot of um, productive time for you because I know that how many doctors are struggling that they will schedule like 20 patients for a day and only 10 will show up. Right. And out of that 10, five of them will even show like half an hour, 45 minutes late after their scheduled appointments. So digital health doesn't have to be like super fancy or like uh, super futuristic. I know that I love that. But to start with, you can have a simple scheduling software where you are able to do that, where, an, uh, where that patient gets like notification one hour before them, uh, you know, appointment when someone like make sure that, you know, they arrive on time, proper directions are given to them. So you get that patient into your practice, like your dental practice. Another tool you can use it is to provide patient education in digital media, uh, in di through digital medium. That means let's say if I had like the wisdom tooth and you removed it, right? After that, I'll have more than hundred questions, which I want to ask you, right? And every visit I'll be like, Hey doc, you know, like I'm still having the pain or like, can I eat this? Or can I have like the juice or can I uh, have sugar? all that stuff, right? So you can create like a compendium or a, a library where you have all these questions, like commonly asked, frequently asked questions, and you can put it together. And then it's under different subjects like wisdom too, then you are the domain expert, right? So you can classify that. And then based on that, you know, whenever a patient comes, you can say, hey, you know, here's the link, uh, read everything or watch this 10 videos. And I'm pretty sure that they will stop calling you, right? And I'm not telling that avoid your patients, but make sure that your expertise, your time is well spent solving challenging that uh, I talked about the Maslow's hierarchy of need, the self-actualization level, right? Where you have to think creatively, not only for you, but for your entire organization and eventually for the world, where how you can make this world a better place. And I know it's a cliche, but that's how as like the expert, the domain expert, we have to think. So, how can we automate some of the things? 
And then the third thing is, you know, you can have an electronic dental record, right? There are tools and the softwares which are out there and you can connect with me uh, afterwards and I can share with you. Again, I'm not affiliated with any of these companies, right? And what it does is all the way from scheduling all the way to the checkout, everything is done through that platform, including collection of your payments, right? So now you are avoiding all the paperwork, you know, you are not worried about files getting misplaced, talking about the liability, right? Let's say your building burns out, you know, all your patient's data record is gone, boom, right? Decreasing that liability and making sure that you have that, you can track the employee visits and then it gives you the AI based pattern analysis, right? Whether there is the increase in the tooth decay, you know, whether the patient is getting normal, whether the drug has any side effects, right? Now you have like that resources of information at your desktop or at your laptop. And then through that, you can provide a personalized care to your patients. And then for sure, your patients will love you. So uh, with that, uh, we bring this session to an end. We've already crossed our time, so we'll end that. But thank you so much, uh, Mr. Neil Mehta, for all your time and for all the information sharing. I think that's the whole intention of IDX Healthcare as well. We want to create this platform for information sharing that could help the sector grow and everybody in the sector, all stakeholders grow. Thank you all our attendees for joining us today. We will keep all of you updated with all our sessions to come. So stay tuned with us and dive into all our webinars. Till then, yes, the time is tough, but the time has a lot of opportunities. All we need to do is explore it positively, optimistically and with a smile. So take care, stay safe and we will see you soon on our next webinar. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.